Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, and we are once again live from Palm Springs, California. I just want to say a happy Thursday to everyone. I hope everyone is staying safe and masked up and socially distanced. And if you've been one of the lucky ones to have gotten one or both of your uh, COVID vaccinations, bravo to you. Um, everyone just remember that even though you get the vaccination, please still wear your mask and take all the necessary precautions. But um, thank God and bravo to uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris for getting this COVID momentum going, you know, trying to step in and hit the ground running. So we're excited about that. Um, everyone, please follow us on social media. I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S, on Twitter and on Instagram. And I have a Facebook page, uh, one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Also go to our website, jaspercole.com, and there's a link for the show on there. And all of our archived episodes are on there, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spricker, Stitcher, and our host page, BS Podcast Network. We're very grateful to all of our sponsors, and this is, again, this is episode two of season number 10. I could not do any of this. Well, I probably could do it, and I have done it, but don't tell him. Without my trusted co-host, Mr. Ralph. I'm getting married in the morning. <laughs> Ding dong, the bells are going to motherfucking chime. Hello. Ralph, happy, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday to you, Jasper, and to planet Eartha. I wanted to start the show by letting you know, to, to, by reminding you rather, five years ago today, Michael and I were married and oh it was clearly the best day of my life. I've had so many great days in my life, so I don't know if you should always say that's the best, but it is one up there, the most memorable days, and I will love him forever. And how nice it is when it's <laughs> I was thinking, why, how nice why are you laughing? Because I was just thinking how nice it is when – if, when, and if a spouse has to die, that you were getting along really well with them. Oh my God. <laughs> well, because so, if not, we'll come on here and put them on blast. That's for oh sure. Oh my God. We will fuck you over during death, girl. Okay. Dennis we don't Tyrone, I hope Dennis Tarone is listening. Oh so, my goodness. You know. he'll, he'll probably listen to the podcast. But, well, first uh, of mean, all, he, Dennis is going to outlive Cher and cockroaches at this point. Because he looks oh. younger and better than anybody. But, oh, my God, Descanso Gardens, right, Ralph? That's yes, you, you remember. Oh, God, you remember. In fact, I, <clears throat> you know one thing I've never done? Oh, my God. 
I went to Michael's Facebook page. I've gone to his page before because I post things on his page, but I had never looked through his photo albums and photos. I had, you know, it says there's Michael's photos, then all of Michael's photos and then photo albums. So I had only seen Michael's photos. I had never looked under those two tabs. I never even knew they were there. And I was looking through them today, like seeing a whole other life that Michael had before we met, you know, that was on Facebook. So it was so interesting to see all that. And like I was telling Ronnie today, I am totally fine. I mean, yes, it's sad when I think about what happened, but when you focus on all the good times, and that's what made me come up with, thank God we loved each other. We were on such a high note because Mm -hmm. we were, you know, uh, we were five years into our relationship and it was blossoming, you know, and we were just learning how to live with each other and all of that. So like I've always told you, I'll have the greatest memory. Oh, but what I was going to say was when I was looking through these pictures, I found this fabulous one of you and myself when you and Dennis were nice enough to come to Michael's birthday party out in Monterey Uh, Park. Yeah. We went to that wonderful uh, Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese restaurant or well, Korean? Um, uh, it's, um, Dylan is, it's not, it's chi- I, Chinese. I, the Chinese. Okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. I should And Ch- Dylan, the owner of that restaurant was our officiant at our wedding. Yes. So, yes. And he, I've met him on, not only there, I met him at several different, oh, at I met the him wedding at, party. at the party. And I, yeah, I feel like I met him at, dementia or something as well oh okay yeah so yeah i mean and that it that's one good thing about facebook i just got chills because looking at the picture of you and me it was like oh god jasper has always been there for me you know like you've done you and dennis drove out to monterey park planet earth of jasper doesn't do shit unless he's getting paid (laughs) and i didn't pay him a dime okay and he drove to monterey park to celebrate a surprise birthday party for my well, husband. Well, Dennis, Dennis drove. I just was the passenger. Okay. So, but, um, but it, it was, I, I'll have to send you the photo because we both look very good in it. But um, yeah, so life goes on. And uh, well, let me I say, that, to, that, that was a night that I really, I mean, I've always loved Michael from the time I met him, but I remember Dennis and I were, you know, talking on the way back home about how Michael had such a great, uh, core group of solid friendships, you know, and a lot of them mm-hmm. met at, um, Oh God, CrossFit. what's it called? God, CrossFit. thank you. CrossFit. I forgot the name of it, but they were all sort of connected to, through CrossFit and then their love of food and cooking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you guys were always supportive of each other's friends. And I always liked, um, following, you know, that you're right. That's what's so amazing about social media. Um, after, someone passes in, in a way it's 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 kind of great to go back and look at their their stuff you know and see see how what life was i mean i, I just to do a, a boomerang and just to segue speaking of i wanted to right before we came on air today we found out the legendary cecily tyson passed away mm. um at 96 and of course yesterday we had chorus leachman mm-hmm. another you know, Icon died at 94. So they always say they they go in threes. And I was saying to Dennis, oh, Lord, someone better check on Betty White and make sure she's okay. Because, you, mm-hmm. you know, she had, what, her 99th birthday, I think, this week or last oh, week. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Oh my God, so, life is amazing. And like these are natural deaths. These aren't even COVID deaths. These are just <laughs> your life. Natural old. You know, they used to call it old age. You know, I mean. Yeah. Th- these are just your garden variety deaths. You know, so two major legends gone. I mean, they are both so mighty, Chloris and Sicily, you know, and both groundbreakers for us performers, oh, yeah. you know, for black women, for women, for men, just all of it, you know, and it's just such a cycle of life. You said something during your opening that was very nice, Jasper, that how Biden and Harris were really working towards the momentum of mm-hmm. fighting and I loved how you use that word momentum because there is a momentum now and you know just just how nice that just with a turn of event things can change because mm-hmm. you know we were where would we be if if that hadn't occurred you know so um I thank you for well, I, I like that. I like oh well yeah of course thing I like how the what I love about Biden especially right now is how you know he's not gotten into the in, in the fray at all with the ex-president or any of the drama, you know, he's just come in. He's not really focusing on the impeachment. That's the Congress and the Senate's job. He's just staying focused on COVID relief and reversing all these horrible, you know, things that Trump had done. So he's been signing all these executive orders and um, going back to clean environment and clean air and, he lifted the ban on transgenders, you know, serving in the military. And there's a big LGBTQ bill coming up that he's passing, which, which I want to segue over to because, you know, everyone knows Ralph and I have talked about being very binary. Um, and when I say binary, I mean, we like, we tend to see things black and white. And I don't mean racially. I mean, you know, it's very this way or that way. And so we always make fun of each other about our, but I think Michael used to say something too about you being so binary, right, Ralph? Yes, he would... it was Michael. Yeah, it was Michael that would always say that to me, and then you started picking up on it. You know how nice. Mm. Thanks. Well, yeah, thanks I didn't. That. Well, no, I didn't even realize until you started talking about it, and Michael was saying that to you, that then I was like, oh, I think I've just held a mirror up to myself because I would, mm. I would start hearing you say things, and I'm like. I kind of feel that way too, or, Oh, I understand that. I know what he's coming from. So I sort of suddenly realized, you know, we have that, but you know, today or yesterday they talked about, everyone knows, you know, in the, in the gay community and the it's LGBTQ. Well, it used to just always be LGB and then it was TQ, you know, it was oh, trans. Wait, what, and, what was, wasn't the first one LGBT or was it, did it just start out LGB? Well, I think it originally was LGB, and then they brought oh. on, you know, trans for transgendered. Um, the Q, I've always heard, is either queer or questioning. You know, mm-hmm. I, you, um, unisex. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, I, <laughs> I for inter intersex. Um, but now the latest thing is we've added not only another letter, we've apparently added a number and and a plus sign. And so I was listening to another uh, radio show today and they took on the topic. Yeah. It's now LGBTQIA 2S. 2S. Now I'm sorry. Ralph and I are over 55 and I, with all due respect, I, I have a hard time remembering, you know, what I had for lunch yesterday. So 
I, I mean, we're almost to the point now, Ralph, where it's like I was saying, can't we just say come one, come all and just call <laughs> it a day? I mean, how many more letters are we adding? Well, you know, to your point, and you brought up a nice point when we've had other conversations, because this new generation of children are not uh, – they don't consider being different a stigma, mm-hmm. by them being able to adopt letters to go along this, this um, acronym and to create a flag with colors that represent what their particular interest is – is something very opening to them and, and very welcoming to them. You and I, as you said, as veterans, as being as the age that we are, we didn't have that luxury growing up. You were either a boy or a girl, masculine or feminine, and beat up mm-hmm. if you're feminine. You know, there weren't a lot of different variations. Mm-hmm. And now in 2021, and, and you know, not in a few. With, with what's been leading up to 2021, because there's more tolerance and more forgiveness and more acceptance and more visibility, these children that were once ostracized, that would have been silenced, ostracized, or committed suicide when we were growing up, can now see people that look like themselves. Mm-hmm. So if it takes adding all these other letters onto LGBT. Q to include them and make them feel that they have a voice, and that's what we have to do. Two spirit is that? I, I've, oh, I've well, done... it says here. It says here a person whose gender identity is different from the sex placed on their birth certificate. Q stands for queer. Queer is an umbrella term, often time used to cater categorize the entirety of the LGBTQ2 plus community. Next, we have the two. It's for two spirits, two spirits. So I I don't know. I mean, if anybody would like to call in at 516-531-9534, please let us know because we are, you know, we're really trying to be up to the no here and say all the right you know, things. And like Ralph was saying, the most beautiful thing that's happened in the last few, maybe 10 years is, which if you think about it, this is what we want to happen is that there's been this real acceptance, especially with the young generation, you know, of uh, people accepting people wherever they are, sexuality, um, gender identification. If you don't want to identify with either, that's fine. You know, there, there's not the stigma that there used to be, but you remember now, I mean, Prior to even having lesbian and gay rights, you know, there were always gay people that were in the closet. I mean, there, I mean, we now know there have always been for hundreds of years people born trans, but they were not able to ever talk about it. They never had mm-hmm. a, a – they just died. They lived and died suffering, I guess, you know, in mm-hmm. pain, not having that, as, as did so many gay and lesbians that weren't able to come out of the closet hundreds of years ago. A hundred years ago or less. So it's all progress, but, you know, we just, I I think we live in such the uh, cancel culture and the politically correct world that even within our own gay subculture, right, there's, you know, there's this need that we want, we don't want to offend anyone and we want to try to try to understand and, and have all the right terminology. So um, 
you know, uh, on the se- second hour of the show today, we're going to have the amazing Sam Harris, who mm. knows is a musical icon, you know, from Star Search and Broadway and all of his uh, record deals and TV appearances. But he's also a very uh, popular LGBTQ activist and advocate. And, you know, he's been with his husband, Danny, since 1994, and they adopted a beautiful kid, Cooper. And so, you know, we can we can touch that topic with, with him as well in the top of the next hour. I'd love to get his take on it. Cause he's someone that's been in the public eye really since like 1983. Um, exactly. And it, as, and as Sam has said in his interviews, when d- during the star search days, they would say, okay, don't ask about his personal life, which was cold uh-huh. for like, he's gay. So let's not talk about it. So he has surpassed all of that too. And like he says in his interview, hearing the name, the F word being hurled at him and, mm-hmm. you know, whispered, it's like, he has risen through all of that, and now with his lifelong partner is raising a son that will avoid all that. And that's right. what is beautiful. And, and, and how lucky Cooper is to have two fathers who are so supportive and Sam who has been in the limelight. Sam has, knows what, it's hard to be in the limelight. And, and be like he said, being famous changed his life, you mm-hmm. know, and now he's trying to wonder, like, should I let people know that I'm gay, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I'm really not a black woman. I, I really am a white guy, you know, and it just right, like, right. All, all of that stuff that he, you know, like when Sam would come into a room after somebody had heard his voice, and he, I guess he'd be like, hi, I'm Sam Harris. I have an appointment with this. Like, well, we were expecting, you know. Where's Whitney Houston? I mean, I think he was pre Whitney, you know, he was pre yeah. a lot of the diva, the divas, but yeah, I want to, you know, I mean, again, we, I, we have, you know, they're going to be here to, to talk about ham, a musical memoir, which is actually his one man stage show that he did um, starting in 2014. And it was filmed. Yeah. Now it's available as a documentary and his director, um, Andrew Pujoegel, I, that's I'm gonna Pujoegel is how I honey. Think listen, it's why, why, stop talking, Jasper. Just call him Andy, okay? Listen, yeah, because you, yeah, you were just. I, you I'm, were gonna let, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Andrew Andy yeah. say his mm-hmm. last name. Yeah, but I want to tell you, I I actually googled the pronunciation, and phonetically it was Pujoegel, Pujoegel, Pujoegel. So let's see how close I am to that, which means I'm nowhere near it. But um, we'll find out from them how they got together and how they collaborated on this on this show, which will be amazing. And our first guest that's coming up is going to be uh, storyteller philanthropist Elizabeth Blake Thomas. Um, she's a director, producer. She and her beautiful daughter, Isabella, they have a production company called Mother and Daughter Entertainment, and they work together. They... I'm going to find out if they're still living on uh, a big houseboat in Redondo Beach, but that's something mm. I want to talk to her about because um, their whole their whole mission is to basically do, you know, making content that really matters. And her Isabella had starred on several Disney uh, shows and Nickelodeon, and so she's teamed up with her mom, who's you know English. Uh, director producer who came over to America and has made her way and she is booked through the, uh, the wonderful Lisa Rodrigo 
who Lisa handles my fan club, which I'm so grateful to have a fan. Um, she's the client of hers. And then Sam and Andy are clients of Clint Morris, the publicist that we've worked with many times before as well. So thanks to them for, you know, booking their amazing clients on our show. Um, Absolutely. And now next week, I want to let everybody know that it's a very special show for our own Ralph Cole Jr. Because we are going to be having the director, Az Lazan, from Never In Again, which is a film that Ralph is in with Denise Boutet, Jason Bernard. And they're going to be on the show, the four of them, including Ralph, um, because the, the movie debuts on BET Plus February 11th. And um, it's going to be great to talk about how we all got to make that. I mean, I got to come on board as a producer on that as well. And Ralph has a great part in it. And you're in the trailer. And it's a great scene of you in the trailer as well. But Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the movie either, Ralph. So I'm excited to to see it as well. So I think it's going to... I think Uh, there's really great early buzz on it already. What a nice surprise, Jasper. Thank you for letting me know that. It'll be fun to talk to Laz again. And, of course, like I said, on social media, you and Denise Boutet have always been my staunch supporters. I also wanted to include Lance Paul has an appearance in the film. And, um, you know, it's nice that you've – you've driven your management company to a point you're steering, you are steering your management company to a point of, uh, you know, the, where the boutique William Morris is where they do package deals with people in their company with the, from literary to actors, to directing, to producing, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm so glad to be a part of that, you know? Well, listen, I'm, I'm blessed to have met, um, you know, Jason Bernard and Lance Paul, because honestly, because of really because of Never and Again, it's how I got to meet Jason. And then from that, I got to meet Lance, who we did kombucha cure with. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, people say you can't make, you know, everything has to be organic in this business. You know, people try to, like, make connections and make introductions. Um, but, you know. It, the best way is when you just organically meet somebody mm-hmm. and you and you click. So like I met I lo- Michael. Thank you organically. Thank you for saying that, Jasper. Yeah, or how we met. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Organic. Yeah. yeah so I, like that's a good point. I'm glad we met the way we did instead of a cover letter like, "Hi, I'm really interested in you. You've done a lot. I'm really good. Would you rep me?" You know, which we've all had to do. You, ours, we stumbled into each other. Just like my yeah, and, into each other. And you know, Ralph, honestly, in the 17 years of having Newman Thomas Management, the only one client, one person, Stephanie Barbados, the only person I ever actually responded to through one of those like generic, you know, emails mm. for representation. And again, I couldn't even say exactly why, you know, like what was it about that email that made me want to call her back or whatever, but, um, it just happens. And so I think that's, and so we are going to welcome right now, our very first guest, as I was mentioning, Elizabeth Blake Thomas. And I think she would agree. I'm sure that she works with people that she's worked with before. She likes to, you know, have relationships and ongoing 
good people around her because their motto, like I said, is making content that matters. So at this point, please welcome my very special guest, Miss Elizabeth Blake. Hello. Keep going, Hi. Keep going. More applause. More applause. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, well, welcome. This is Ralph. Hi. Uh, lovely to meet you. I'm afraid I'm sorry if I'm a couple of minutes late. I had a little bit of a problem, um, but I'm glad I'm here now. Oh, oh listen, no, you're, this is, you're totally on time. You're fine. This is Jasper oh, and Ralph. Happy, and, you know what? I am a director who always is under budget and on time. So, I, you know, I like to use that. <laughs> listen, that's hard to come by. And, and, you know, that's why you keep working as much as you have. So it's a pleasure to meet you. I, I was saying I want to thank Lisa Rodrigo for um, connecting us. She's amazing. And so um, I was just talking in the beginning of the show about your company, Mother Daughter Entertainment. And that it's with your beautiful daughter, Isabella. And I had mentioned in one of your bios, it talks about you living on a houseboat. Is that still happening? It it is indeed, although I'm quite surprised I'm still in the harbor because the other night the gales were rather traumatic. I I felt I was going to be one of those Wizard of Oz moments and be blown away. (laughs) But I do. I do. I live live on my boat with my daughter and my Maltese. That Elizabeth, is so. Okay. I am so jealous of that. That Elizabeth, I, I just yeah. have to. I oh, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to overlap. I'm sorry, Jasper. <laughs> oh no, go ahead, Ralph. I just wanted to say, Elizabeth, your accent is so beautiful to me that anything you say, I am just like, keep talking. Just keep talking. Oh, that's adorable. So I literally could say anything, and maybe even a shopping list, a grocery list. And you would find it as exciting as if I was telling you something political. And absolutely. You, and I'm sure you have heard throughout your career, Elizabeth. Well, you know, Elizabeth could read the phone book and make it interesting. So, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you are one of those women that could do that. You're just, you know, I've listened to some of your interviews on your podcast and listening to you. But listening to you now, it's like you're, it's so comfortable. It's really uh, pleasant to listen to you. Oh, thank you. Well, I think I think that's because I enjoy talking. <laughs> I have, well, I have I wa- a voice yeah. for radio. <laughs> well, I was going to get to. I wanted to say, um, every tell everyone about your podcast. Um, and we're going. You've got several things. You've got not only do you have the podcast, you've got a movie, Evie Rose, with the amazing Terry Moore. You've got your website, medicine uh, medicinewords dot com. Um, will you be my quarantine? I, I must say, you've been extremely busy during the pandemic. I, I, do you know what I have? And actually, it was really important the other day that I stopped and just took uh, a kind of checklist of what it is mm. that I've done in the last ten, nine months. Even are we are we at ten months yet? I don't maybe just. And it's um, it's been one of those wonderful time periods where I was able to utilize having the time and realized that actually there were a lot of projects that I wanted to complete and finish. And, you know, day-to-day normality pre-COVID was very much about going to meetings and networking mm-hmm. and the next event and the next whatever it was going to be. And actually this COVID time has allowed me that, that pause, I call it the great pause, 
to mm. uh, give myself the, the time to complete projects. And I'm, I'm very proud of all of them. And it's lovely to have worked so hard pre-COVID, enabling me to still look like that work was coming out during the COVID uh, pandemic, which obviously, mm. you know, we're, we're in a different phase now and I've got these next projects that I'm working on. But yes, I mean, the Filmmaking Without Fear podcast, completing that, I've got um, a half an hour course actually coming out as well where you can, you can actually see me and not just hear me. My um, Evie Rose, very proud of, obviously that's just come out. Shot, uh, wrote, shot, um, and I'm nearly finished editing Will You Be My Quarantine. Um, wow. And then and Medicine with Words. And, and you know, that's something that, that has, is a trajectory that was, all it was was a shift in consciousness, but it was something that I was then able to put down and create a syllabus because I, during COVID, actually was a professor at Pepperdine, but on Zoom. And I ran a oh. course, Storytelling with Words. And that was life-changing as well. So all of these amazing experiences have really led to, to where I am. And, you know, I feel very blessed. And people like you want to hear my story and hear me talk. So thank you. Oh, oh listen, you're, it's very impressive. You know, I, I agree. We talked about, because um, I produce as well, and I, I, I guess you kind of found this too. I don't know if it's because people were trapped at home and they, they had no excuse. They couldn't, you know, they had to take our calls and they, they you know, we knew people were actually, you know, they said they, they, the old thing used to be, I can't read your script right now, or I can't get to that right now. And I found that it was such a blessing to have people, they, one, they knew they couldn't use that excuse. And then two, they were sort of a captive, <laughs> a captive audience. So we kind of all tried to reframe, I guess, um, you know, what we've had to do during this time. But first of all, tell everyone, what is the best way to follow you on our social media and your websites, just so people can, you know, find well, your, my, my in your work? Message on, yeah, my voice message on my phone says I'm available on all platforms, which could be misconstrued. But um, <laughs> I'm actually definitely available at Elizabeth underscore B underscore T. And I'm actually, my website, I'm uncontactable through there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my, just everywhere, really. Everywhere. It's really not difficult to find me, which I kind of did on purpose because I know that I feel very privileged to be in the position I am and motivated and all the experiences that I'm having. And so I, I always enjoy that I can collaborate with other people and say, no, no, contact me, find me. It's important. And if right. I can help or I can do something, then I'm there. I don't want it to be that I'm unobtainable. I mean, even if I get to a status where it's just because I'm busy, I'll have people that make sure they answer those emails or posts or whatever, mm -hmm. because that, that's what I needed when I was starting out. And, I, and that, I won't forget that. That's very important to me. I agree. Now, let's go back. So you, how, you grew up in, in the UK in London or outside of London? Or what, what was your beginning? Well, I, yes, yeah, so I grew up. Actually, I was born on the east coast of England, which is a beautiful coast. But I did leave when I was nearly three years old. So I don't remember it. And I moved to the center of England, a beautiful place called Derbyshire. And mm -hmm. uh, I spent most of my childhood there in, um, at school and growing up within um, even college and then actually university as well. And then I left to go to London. You know, I, I was a bit like a Dick Whittington, if we all know that story <laughs> with my little backpack and my, my long stick. 
Um, and um, although the rats didn't follow me, but I, I went to London and I lived there for a good decade. And my daughter, my ex-husband and myself, and it was wonderful. It was great to experience London. And I ran theater companies and I was always in the industry. And then my daughter, mm. age five, got the lead um, presenting a TV show, age five. And so oh, wow. I became a mum on set. Um, and it kind of just everything's progressed naturally from there. But I love London. I mean, London's fantastic. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can't beat the California weather. You know, today <laughs> oh, it's cold. In London, it's freezing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, yeah, you said in one of your interviews, Elizabeth, that, you know, you do not take it for granted. And you're very appreciative that you are living on a boat in sunny weather and everybody is freezing their ass off up in England. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, really, you know, importantly, the other day, I, I, I really felt it because one of my best friends and her daughter, who normally come and visit us every few months, um, they, they can't be here. And I, I called them and I said, I just want you to know, I said, I don't mean this in a silly way, but I'm sitting here today in the sunshine, making sure that I'm acknowledging how fortunate I am because you guys are only allowed out for an hour and it's really raining and really cold. Mm, and mm-hmm. I think it's just important to ground yourself all the time. And I do, I, I smile, I am grateful for everything i feel incredibly fortunate now it doesn't mean that it wasn't hard getting here you know i came over with a total of six suitcases with my daughter i was going Mm. through a divorce it's not been easy and i live on a boat that some people might think is amazing and other people are like but it's tiny and how and that's ridiculous but to me it's about creating an environment that uh is something that that allows my creativity to grow allows me to right. be grateful and look i've got a waterfront property people yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. no i mean there's a whole there it's a great there's a whole community you know in all the different in marina del rey and all the different uh you know ports and stuff where people live and it's a i think it's amazing and probably during covid especially how great it must have been to have that freedom and that outdoor you know kind of freedom of being outside it was and and actually every day i i I go on my paddleboard and i talk to i mean people must think i'm crazy which i know i am (laughs) but i talk to the sea lions there's a seagull called lefty and we talk to lefty and i have a duck called heather heather's on the back of my boat in fact this morning so funny i was walking along and heather was there and i said hey heather um there's fresh water on the back of my boat you can go there and get it if you want to and all i was doing was going to the restroom and i came back and there she was on the back of my boat drinking the water. Like, <laughs> Somebody must have filmed that because that was classic. Oh, my, I oh my goodness. You were talking, you're, I know. Doc, you're Mrs. Doolittle, okay? So. I, I feel like I am. But, I, you know, you're right. I was able to go outside, get that fresh air. And, again, I didn't take it for granted that I could do that in a time when people weren't allowed to leave their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... To live in an environment like this, as I said, for some people, they would be, you have to get off your boat to go to the restroom? Or how do you do that? For me, I look at it as a case of, I don't ever have to clean a restroom ever again. I don't right. ever have to buy blue roll ever again. I, that's <laughs> a bonus, people. <laughs> I love it. Well, so listen, if anyone knows the, uh, the, pri- the cost of living in Los Angeles, I mean, forget about it. I mean, do you, to have you know, a place to live period is amazing. But yeah, I'm, I do. Well, let me just say, do you ever, do you watch like any kind of reality show like below deck? 
there, there's a series on that shot on, on, <laughs> on, on, oh my God, it's, well, just for mindless entertainment, but it's, it's basically, you know, the crews of, um, boats and people, these are high end yachts and it's sort of the life behind the scenes, but I'm just, um, I love boats. So that's, I, I thought that was amazing, but let's talk about, um, when you came here, and even though did, was was Isabella already was she continuing to work in the business at that time? She was, and that was actually the reason we came over because it was she'd gotten eight. Well, originally I came over for like a drama class for her, and we went to New York. And then in New York, those people said they did a drama class uh, in LA. And in England, LA is a long way away. I mean, Hollywood is like this far off place. Hawaii is like an alternative world. <laughs> and um, and so I thought, well, come on, let's go over there. Let's enjoy it and see. And I remember that feeling when I landed. I felt I was home. It was the bizarrest experience. And I work with my, you know, my instinct, my gut instinct all the time. And so she did this course and she got picked up by an agent straight away. And we were trying <coughs> to live on, on both, both, uh, you know, it's not bi-coastal, tri-coastal by being in England and here. And, um, and the agent said, look, if you really want to make it work, you need to be in here full time. So I made that decision and, you know, various, the family stuff happened um, as I made that decision. Uh, but whilst we were here, it was, it felt like it was the right thing to do. And actually mm-hmm. we came down to the South Bay and we never left there, mm. where we've been based. Wow. Well, which is great because it gives you, you know, you're out, you're close enough to LA, but you're outside of LA. So you kind of, it's like, I live in Palm Springs now. And I, I always say, I love to, you know, dip into LA, dip into Hollywood and then get out. <laughs> and then, definitely. And then, definitely. And I think what it, what it gave us was, I, you know, I always said to her, Isabella, I don't want to live somewhere where you feel the pressure that we're living near the studios because you have to get a job. We need mm. a life. And then you might get a job. Mm-hmm, you know, I right. don't want it to be the other way around. Let's have a job and then you might get a life. Um, right. So that was very important to me as a mother. Well, you um, know what? That's, I, I, that's actually great advice for actors in general. I say to the actors all the time, you know, you got to have a, you got to live a life to even be a good actor, you know, and it's so many actors like put their life on hold and suddenly they wake up at 50 or, you know what I mean? they, they suddenly wake up and they realize that they didn't have relationships. They didn't have kids and they've been waiting on that quote, big break, which, you know, may or may Definitely. not happen. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Ralph. Thank you, Jasper. Elizabeth, I have a personal question and if it's too much, just say, let's move on. Do you maintain a relationship with your ex-husband? First of all, I'm an open book, so there's never anything that's too personal, so I have no problem saying this. Um, Well, I I will be 100% truthful with you. I am very proud that we have our daughter together. However, when you meet at the age of 19 years old, you Mm. are a different person to when you reach 35. And so over the years, you know, uh, if you imagine two paths, one went vertically, one went horizontally. So there was, it wasn't about us as uh, people not getting on, just our paths were different. And unfortunately, even to the point of the way we bring up Isabella, and that was one of the biggest things, because I'm a homeschooling mom. I'm go for it. Let's travel. Let's, 
let's go and see if you can have this opportunity and it works out. And I believe me, I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I'm being factual here. My ex-husband was much more about, he's very British. It was boarding school and mm. 2.4 children and you live in the house with the two dogs. And actually, to give him his due, at 19, 20, 21, that's what I thought I wanted because of my right. upbringing, that I didn't have that. And mm-hmm. so naturally that changed. And then when we were over here, we believed that I believed that we could make it work. And this was a new start for us. And he met somebody. And again, he met somebody because I wasn't able to give him what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he then gets married and has children and has the lifestyle that he wants now. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a relationship. But the great Mm -hmm. thing for me is because Isabel has now turned 18, I've been able to hand it over to her so I can no longer be blamed for them not having a relationship. It's now down to them. Which actually my daughter, when she turned 18, was very, uh, it was interesting. She said, I feel different. And I thought she was just going to say because she's now an adult. And she said, Mm -hmm. I now know that I, because I'm 18, daddy can't change the way we live. He can't say, I need you to come back to England. There was this fear that was constantly there with us not knowing because he never actually did fight for custody, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just one of those situations that, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not a perfect world. Nothing is. And I always joked about Isabella with her. I'd say, we don't live in the blooming sound of music. You know, this is <laughs> right. not Mary Poppins, even though I sound like I'm practicing. I was about to say, <laughs> you know, people yeah. mistake me for Leanges all the time. This is reality, Isabella. Yes. Well, I will tell you something. I went for a job and I did the reading and then Julie Andrews took it from me. So, you know, oh, she does still win. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Bless her heart. What, whatever, hap- whatever happened to her career, you know. Yes, well, I, I, she's on I love her. Yes, poor Julie. Lady Whistledown, girl. Work it I out. I love her. I love her. That's Elizabeth. Right. Being in competition with Julie Andrews is good. I can cope with yeah, that. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. Your response to my question is so prolific and wonderful and honest. And that's why I like you and felt comfortable to ask you, Elizabeth, because just looking at the picture, there's this picture of you on your book, um, uh, Filmmaking Without Fear, in your black dress and your bare feet. Yeah. Looking at that photo made me want to know what you sounded like. Because that photo to me just emanates Exactly what you are, which you're a free bird. You're, you're very free. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're grounded also because you have a daughter and you have to take care of yourself and your daughter, but you're very free about, no, I'm going to homeschool you. Let, let's go to the Galapagos Islands and look at tortoises, you know, and see if, um, if that's something that you will absorb. It'll be an experience. So I very much appreciate that. I, I just wanted to ask you because women like you are fearless and strong. And so many women, as you know, in our society are scared to be without a man. And you clearly are not that kind of woman. And because you've raised such a solid daughter in Isabella, that's what prompted my question. So I thank you very much for taking the time to answer that. Well, I appreciate every question that comes my way. And I also understand that I think that my experiences are there for a reason. You know, everything I've gone through is there for a reason. And if I can in some way assist with 
uh, advice for people or offering at least my experiences. And, and that's anything. And, and the fearlessness is very important because, so I'm a Kabbalist. I study Kabbalah. And um, that's where my kind of filmmaking without fear came from. And my next one is storytelling without fear. And then I have living without fear. And they're all based on that same philosophy. And my life is based on that as well. Every project I do, every way I work is based on doing something without, without that fear factor. And mm. I think we all have in us a fear factor that I, I try to say to people, what's the worst that can happen? And, and let's go there and then you can work out, well, then it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a very important way of living um, because we all have fear. Fear is a natural thing. We all have an experience, a human instinct to fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, even coming over here, you know, people look at me yeah. and I joke because I, in all honesty, I never told anybody in England that I was moving over. And in all honesty, they don't know now. You know, <laughs> I never actually said I've moved. Um, you know, I just have you seen Betty? No, I haven't seen <laughs> Betty lately. I was at the bakery the other day. I asked about her, and they had <laughs> no idea where she had gone. <laughs> That's exactly it. Exactly it. But well, do they do they like think that, that a lot of people think that you're still just kind of doing the tri coast thing that you're just here for work and <laughs> you're going back well, or not? Not now. Not now they know but they also know that I think they my true friends realized that this is what I had to do this is who I am and Mm -hmm. find my my base like this and they've seen me grow and flourish and you know I really embrace this opportunity and understand that yes I've made it but therefore I'm going to make the most of it I'm not going to let everybody down by having this opportunity and not spending every day to its fullest. And I actually, at the end of every day, I always say to myself, so if I died right now, am I happy with how I've lived so far and this day? And it's always yes, always. Wow, that's amazing. Well, let me ask you, as a a female, you know, writer, director, producer in the business, um, are are you seeing it change for the better? I mean, because are you know, because there's all you know, there's all this in the press constantly about you know more diversity and more women supporting women and more women in directorial positions. And are you seeing a, a positive change? Um, is it one step forward, one step back, or been your experience? Now, listen, I'm about to say I'm about to say lots of controversial things. So Good, go, please um, do. I, I I feel that first of all, as an independent director who does also have to produce because that's just the way of the world. Um, I am doing it anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so for me, it's kind of nothing's changed in that sense. It's mm-hmm. I'm always going to do it. So no matter what the world is about, I am, I'm doing this. This is it. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just got something in my throat. Oh, so, okay. um, or maybe that's actually that's that's a reason. That's my my Kabbalah saying. <laughs> don't say what you're about to say. Um, so, so, but I'm going to anyway. I'm not listening to the creator right good, now. Good. Um, good. So, so I am I am fortunate in that I'm making my own way. So that mm-hmm. that's done. If I was to put myself into what I call the real world, there are uh. situations at the moment that are going on whereby. 
actually women aren't supporting women. And there was an mm-hmm. incident the other day that happened with um, a, a, there's a, a, a program we were all part of, an email chain supporting each other. But somebody said something that didn't, that upset somebody else. Everybody else got on that. It was full on and quite horrendous, these women with each other. So actually it's been shut down. So I look at that in, its, in a different way and think, okay, so women kind of are supporting each other, but they're also not. I mean, mm-hmm. my biggest people that support support me are actually my my amazing male mentors, and that that to me is something that um, stands out because I've gone to female mentors actually, and and they're very quick not to help you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, it's an interesting situation we're in. I look at it and think, look, as long as I'm helping everybody, that's what I need to focus on. I can right. only change me. And so the diversity, I had an article come out in the Authority magazine because my last film, I made sure that I made very different choices to what I might have done a year ago where I might have just Mm. put all my friends into roles and and that was easy. I made choices based on let me look further afield. Let me see who else is out there. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to change me. So the comments about um, other people in the industry, it might be evolving. It might not be. I'm finding sometimes people are helpful, sometimes they're not. As long as I can help and know that I'm making the change and I'm doing something, um, supporting young interns, giving people opportunities, that's all I can do, really. Right. Well, I, I don't know if you saw in the press recently, it was a couple of days now, Kira Knightley, you know, the wonderful actress. I did. Come, yeah, so she's come forth and basically said that she would prefer uh, or not, she's not going to actually do any more uh, sex scenes or love scenes if if it's not a female director. So, um, and I immediately thought, bra- you know, bravo, I, I agree. I, you know, I'm not a female, so I can't pretend to put Allegedly. myself in that well, allegedly, um, but I can't put myself in that position. But what are your thoughts on that? Because I had some some colleagues of mine say, well, you know, that's saying a, a male can't, you know, has she had all horrible experiences with male directors? And if I were going down a list of actresses and her name came up, I would go, she's difficult. I'm going to skip her. But my my a so female friend of I... mine who's a director supports her on that. So I'd be curious your take on that. Yeah, so so I actually directed two intimate scenes um on a project in March where the 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 director uh was male and he was in it as well and he had to have two intimacy scenes with a with a young girl. And so I took myself on the basic intimacy coaching with SAG and mm-hmm. I, you know, understood and learned what it was about. And actually it was really interesting, the code words and all sorts of things. And I, I really enjoyed it. And when I was shooting that scene, it was incredibly clinical. It was, mm-hmm. well, I know I need this bit, then I need this bit, and I know the pieces together. Um, I, I felt that I put her in a very comfortable position, and I had a closed set. I can understand from a female perspective of what we term ogling eyes, but mm-hmm. when you're directing... I can't speak for the guys, but I, I found it. I was surprised by how clinical I was looking at it and going, well, I need that as a close-up. Well, I need that as a wide. No, that's <laughs> not working. In no way was I actually looking at the form of either of them. 
But I will say I've been asked to direct a film that I actually call the film that's never going to happen, but that's a different <laughs> story. Um, it's, um, it's got a lot of the, 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 direct, the writer has written a lot of sex scenes, a lot of them. And I look at that and go, do you know what? From a directing point of view, they don't even need to be in there. The mm-hmm. intimacy that can come from a billowing curtain, from the, the hand touching a face and they go out of shot, is actually so much better. So to me, the question isn't actually about those actors not doing sex scenes. I don't even think sex scenes need to be on the screen. We all know what sex scenes are, people. Right, we know what right. it is. Let's show a different way. Let's mm-hmm. do it in a different way that, that we don't, you know, the things that are on screen anyway. That's my making content that matters. I try not to have swear words. I try not to have, you know, um, shots that are inappropriate. Because even my intimacy scene in that film is not inappropriate. It is right. something that you see sections of and your mind has to put it together. So I, I can understand where she's coming from. I just think it's about the education beforehand. It's like, is that scene actually necessary? Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, now they're, you know, SAG has these, the intimate coaches, you know, that, that are, yeah. that are available on, and on the, on the, uh, on the set. So yeah, it's, I'm always, it's funny. It's one of those, like, I think sometimes less is more, it's sexier anyway. Like a lot of times we don't, you know, overly graphic stuff to me is not sexy and it's you know let your mind let your your imagination be sexy exactly we all know we look so much more attractive in underwear than without it i mean it's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah in the dark as opposed to the lights on yeah that kind of thing exactly exactly there goes Billowing curtains. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. We can just start a whole thing where all your sex scenes are actually in blackout. And, so- <laughs> <laughs> and let's make them real. Let's make them that- real where you actually fall on the floor and you bang right. your head. Yes, <laughs> and like and and Kira is holding a candelabra, blowing out candle one candle by one until she counts out all nine candles. Okay. Oh my God, that was Does that make you feel better, Kira? Okay, you're in the dark yes. now. <laughs> well, you know, part of the problem is Kira loves these period pieces, and you know, a, a really great period piece is always chock full of uh, love scenes and sex scenes. So. She's going to have to pick a different it's genre, true. I think. It's true. It's a, different, it's a different time period, absolutely. I know. Yes. It's like now we're going to like see Kira Knightley, uh, Kira, Kira Knightley guest starring on The Connors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> She's doing only sitcoms now. Yeah, She's only doing sitcoms now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's listen, you know, it's in this whole cancel culture that we live in and social media, you know, like you said, you, you say one thing and everyone's ready to crucify you. So it's so hard to have an opinion these days. So I appreciate <laughs> you. I, you know, I love people in the industry who aren't afraid to speak their opinions. So, um, but before the time runs out, cause it goes so fast, I wanted to talk to you mentioned that you are um, doing, you've been teaching a course at Pepperdine is teaching something that you, that you love doing as well. Well, you know, it's funny. I I consider myself as, when I'm a director, basically you're a headmistress. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in charge of lots of pupils and you have to make sure they eat on time, follow a schedule, you know, they're happy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing. And so I've been head of drama at a prep school. I've always taught drama classes. My theatre company, again, directing that was teaching. I mentor consistently and so it's just something in me and you know I homeschooled my daughter I I teach her I mentor her it's just something that's in my heart and so that's why storytelling and medicine with words kind of that came around because I'm always doing that and mm-hmm. I'm always with people where I feel if there's something I can help if there's some knowledge I can pass on if there is something that is going to assist you in Joseph Campbell's words, finding your bliss, then I want to do it. Um, And so teaching the words, you know, a teacher, that's incredible to be a teacher. That's something that is inspirational. You're going to affect people. I remember teachers at my school that weren't good, and I remember Mm -hmm. the ones that were good. You know, they are there forever. And my set, when I direct, is all about teaching and an experience. So everything that I do has always got that. In fact, my assistant would probably say that I'm constantly educating her. My my current producer would probably say at the moment, I'm constantly educating him in certain ways. And equally, I love learning myself. And that's very important. If someone can teach me, go for it. Well, listen, you've got two actors here, Jasper Cole and Ralph Cole Jr., no relation, that would love to work with you. So I'm, just, I'm always throwing our hat in the ring because we, 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 we meet so many wonderful directors and producers here, but you sound like really, truly one of a kind, and it's been an honor to have you on the show. And everyone, remember, you can follow Elizabeth at Elizabeth underscore B underscore T, um, Stay in touch with all your projects. We'd love to have Isabella on with you as well next time. That would be great. Uh, she would love to join us. She would. Love oh, that'll to. be great uh, because we can do an MDE segment. Yeah, definitely. She she talks as much as I. In fact, we're a wonderful team. Oh, well, that'll be fun. Oh, it'll be like having Haley Mills and uh, <laughs> you know, and Jude <laughs> It'll be like so much fun. Okay. Well, we, right, we, we, right. we, need, we need a whole hour for sure with you. So, again, thank you it's so true. much for, jo- for joining us. And enjoy this, the boat and enjoy – I know, but by the way, there's some, you know, bad rains and winds coming. So batten down the hatches, as I'm, they say. I'm, I am. Bat- that's what I was going to say. I'll batten down those hatches. <laughs> uh, Mary, Mary Poppins, I have my umbrella ready. Oh, good. Of course you do. Yes. Oh, well, a spoonful of sugar, girl. Listen, Elizabeth, it was a pleasure. You are captivating. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Us. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Oh, she's fantastic, Ralph. We have the oh, best guest. Oh, my goodness. I was about to say, I am so glad you hooked up with Lisa Rodrigo because. You know, we wouldn't have known Elizabeth necessarily without Lisa. I mean, you know what I'm saying. It it was a nice catalyst to get to meet someone of her caliber. Thank you, Lisa Rodrigo, once again, girl. But yes, uh, I mean we're so. I mean that's the thing. There, you know, this God, this business, it's just full of so much talent, right? And it's yeah, it's you know, I know, you know, a small percentage of people like break through and 
become big, big stars and become household names. But I always say to people, they are just amazing working journeymen, working actors, directors, producers, you know, writers who don't ever really become hugely famous, but they have an amazing career and they're just as passionate and are out there making a difference along the way. So I just, that's what I love about having this show is being able to showcase them. And uh, your, by the way, your English accent's really good, Ralph. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just, you know, listening. Oh my God, I want to talk to. I love the way she says the word there. T h e r e. That. 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 Darling. That. So listening to her more and more made me just like go into that about being at the bakery. But Siri, you know, she said something <clears throat> out of all the stuff that she was saying, and and I'm glad you invited Isabella too, because Isabella will be able to give us a different take on things, you know. But um. <clears throat> I like how she said, and then you corroborated with that, which is something you've always said, let life happen and the work come to you rather than you trying to get that job and now you create a life. And that's something you have said since I've known you. And we're going on 12 years being being together. And that that is such a true point about live your life. My friend Yvonne Jordan used to tell me that, you know, it's always important to just go out and live and then things will happen, you know, because and like you said, back to Elizabeth, if you haven't lived a life, then how are you going to play a fun part or 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 get that get and not even a fun part? How if you haven't lived life, how are you going to do that three line person as the customer in line? being irritated and, and you, make it real without making it uh affected and 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 coming out of an acting class with it exactly. you know what i mean like how do you, you just know, keep it real yeah yeah and certain things just have to you know it, it's like you always say you know we all have our sweet spots and that's why our sweet spots can benefit us you know when you can just go in and just you know do your thing and really commit do to your it thing yeah, it's about committing, and yeah. <clears throat> well, so let's you know, move speak, on. Speaking of committing, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, our next our next guest is you know we're not blowing smoke up anyone's ass. I mean, it's just the truth that we're enormous fans of our next guest, and it's not, I know. you know I mean it's beyond the the incredible voice. It's beyond the the talent. I just think as a as a what he represents for the LGBTQ community um him as a person and it's i everyone you're going to love his documentary one man musical ham a musical memoir at this time please welcome our very special guest mr sam harris who me oh my god who me who me me? (laughs) hi you guys how are you Oh, hey, God. Sam, this is Jasper, and say hello to Ralph. Hi, guys. Hi, Jasper. Hi, Ralph. Hi, Sam. Okay, let me just start so I won't gush and take up your time. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead and gush, Ralph. As, Jas- <laughs> as Jasper's co-host, you know how it is in show business, Sam. Sometimes you don't know things until either the last minute or you have plenty of time. When I saw that Sam Harris was going to be a guest, it was like, oh, my God. I watched you and on Star Search 
And it's so, you know how it is, and you've been there a million times yourself. You watch these people on TV or in a movie, and you just really enjoy them, and then you get to see them or be with them in person. So amazing. So all I want to say to you is thank you for being our guest. Thank you for being so fierce for our LGBTQ, et cetera. LMNOP, whatever. Um, community <laughs> and seeing you with your husband and with Cooper and just making it all real and natural and energetic is just wow. totally wonderful. So thank you, Sam. Wow. Well, thank you. That, I, I really appreciate it. And you can stop gushing now because then you're going to embarrass me and I don't know how I'm going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me say that I got to watch the, um, the, the, the Hammer film. musical memoir. Yeah. The film, which is, which is the film of your one man show. Um, That's right. It is so riveting and it's so wonderful. And I, you know, Ralph and I are two old, two old showbiz veterans, you know, <laughs> ourselves. And so I, I just am amazed at what you were able to bring to the stage. And you can see, I mean, the whole journey is there. And for anyone listening right now who you know doesn't know first of all google sam harris and you'll you'll know sam harris but <clears throat> star search was pretty much the american idol you know of the day back in the 80s and um and when you burst onto the scene at that time um i mean rolling stone has called you having one of the greatest voices of all time so that's just a fact um you, you know that's a god-given wow. talent i mean just you know you're blessed with that but there's star quality. I mean, there's talent and then there's star quality. And so, but, you know, here you were this kid basically from Oklahoma and, you know, you burst onto the scene at, at that particular time and you covered this so well in the, the film. I want to ask, start with, where can people find the, uh, the, the movie first off so they can make sure they get well, it? Well, right now it's exclusively streaming, <clears throat> excuse me, on the, Broadway HD channel, um, which is an amazing uh, channel that people can see lots of theatrical shows that have been filmed or theatrical movies from Broadway and the West End. And it's just a, a great library of stuff. So we opened the, the film on the Lemily virtual channel and then went to Broadway HD where it is exclusively. And But here's the thing, guys. If you go to Broadway HD and you go to my movie, Ham, A Musical Memoir, they've just told me this. I'm so excited. You can put in a promo code of Ham FM, Ham like Ham Fat Man, Ham FM. And you will get 30 days of like free subscription to this thing, which you oh, can get wow. anytime. But then you can watch my movie hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So, <laughs> well, who would? So who wouldn't? Yes. And that's what that's what's going on. And I, it's a great place to be. So then it'll go wider. Then it'll go to you know on Apple and iTunes and Amazon and all that other stuff. But for now, it's exclusively running there. Well, that makes it easy too. It's like one one stop shopping. So everyone makes sure exactly. they. Play. They check that out. And um, your amazing director, Andy, and I, I tried to say, I, I said, Pujo Edgel, Pujo Edgel, I don't know how, I'm butchering his last name, so please pronounce it for us. Are you talking about Andy Pachogel? Pachogel. The amazing? Pichogel. Yes. He'll, he he'll, is he'll correct me, but that's the idea. 
Okay, well, he's, jo- <laughs> he's joining us right now as well. <laughs> Hello, Andy. How are you? Hello. Good, how are Hi. you? Hi. Hi, Andy. This is Ralph. What a horrible way to start a show with us just to be like, hey, Butchering Andy, how, your the last name. Do, how the fuck do you pronounce your last name? You know what, you guys? It's, I, I, here's what I thought you were going to say. What a, uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, what a horrible last name. That's how I thought. <laughs> well, trust me, with, with Sam, with Ralph, I never know what he's going to say. So I actually thought he was going to say that, too. <laughs> so, Andy, welcome. Yes, thank you. Well, we were just talking. I we were gushing, obviously, about Sam. But I was just uh, your timing was perfect because I was going to say, um, tell everyone how you two came together and collaborated. I'm assuming you probably knew each other for a while, right? Yeah, but it was yeah. actually because of uh, because of Ham. When Sam was performing it in L.A., we met through a mutual friend, and I helped uh, just film a, a performance of it for posterity. And uh, I know that's how we met, and I, it just sort of took off from there. Well, yeah, and we I mean, worked on we worked on a few projects in between, and the first one that that Andy filmed was just like you said for posterity it was just archival. It was just so we would have a record of that production. So when the, then when we were planning to really shoot it, you know, full on, then I knew that Andy really understood it and understood mm-hmm. me. And we had worked on a couple of projects by then. And I, I, I've said this before, but it was very, very important to me that this did not feel like somebody set up three cameras in the back of a theater and shot the mm-hmm. show. I mm-hmm. said, Andy, this needs, to, this needs to feel like a film. This needs to feel like we're seeing something that we can't see from the theater which means mm. cranes and close-ups and multiple cameras and, you know, things, dollies that, that show the, like the, the, the movement of something on stage. And he got it, and I knew he would because he's brilliant. And I'm so happy with the way this turned out. Because of Andy and our amazing editor, Corey Ziemanek, um, and Robert Brinkman, the, the, the DP, it just came out where it's not just, you know, a live show. It, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a filming of a live show, but I think that they created something larger than what that sounds like. Does that make sense? Oh, no, I think Absolutely. you're exactly right. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. It, you, it's it's kind of hard to put a term for it. You know, it's, it's very unique in that respect. And so I, um, when did you actually do, you, did, you, you did the live show starting in 2014? 15. 2014 15. is when I started doing readings of the book everywhere. Then it developed into a show in 15 and 16 and 17. And okay, then we, and, and in New York and Los Angeles. And initially, uh, you guys have seen the movie, so you know that Todd Schroeder, my music director, mm-hmm. who I co wrote some of the music with, and he was instrumental in developing this. And also, my, my dear old friend Billy Porter was very. Mm-hmm important in developing this and he directed the new york production and then when we right. came to la another director ken sawyer took it oh, for a few days to to uh, oversee and look at things but ken really made it his own too and mm. i gotta tell you if i have a talent it's for drawing amazing extraordinary people 
around mm. me and my stuff. Because sometimes I'll, we'll be in the middle of something like this and I'll look around and I'm like, oh my God, all these people, this whole crew, all these camera people, all these people backstage, they're here because, you know, we created something. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it humbles me and blows my mind. Wow, that's so great, Andy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. He's never said yeah, that no, before. But, this is amazing. Well, and again, I think we were, we were Ralph and I are big on also talking about, you know, you reach a certain point, a certain age in this business and you just you just want to work with good people and we've all dealt with yep. you know what I mean? We've dealt with the drama yep. and the divas and the a-holes and all that along the way and so you're just blessed when you get a group of people together that really, and you mentioned like Billy Porter and, you know, it's fascinating because Sam, in many ways, you know, when you won star search, that was your moment. And then when Billy, when Billy, when Billy came along, you know, later, I almost felt like in some ways the industry didn't know what to do with him. Um, Mm. You know what I mean? In in uh, yeah. what how to what how to harness his talent and but but it's amazing because both of you are the greatest example about you just keep doing the work. You know, you just yeah, keep working. Well, thank you. I think that is true. You just keep putting it forward, you keep reinventing and Billy and I, you know, we've known each other forever. We also shared a dressing room when we did Grease together on Broadway and we've done so many things together. <clears throat> And it's true. Billy is hard to categorize. And mm-hmm. you just keep reinventing. You keep putting it out there. And Billy's not only, I mean, I, I said, he developed this. He's a dramaturg. He's a director. He's a marvelous singer and a wonderful actor. And those of us that remain uh, active and curious and excited and say yes, boy, it lands us in some fantastic positions. You know, you just keep going, like you said. I, I think what you said is so cute, like so uh, important at saying yes, like just being open. Because, you know, we all come into the business thinking we know exactly how our career is going to look, right? And we think it's going to go, <laughs> you know, we think it's going to go one way. And then, you know, it, it sometimes goes another. And I'm really big lately on this whole thing when people talk about when I make it, you know. And I keep <laughs> saying, guys, you know, you're we're kind of making it the whole time. And right. sadly, some, sometimes we're not like enjoying the journey or we're because we're so quick to be moving on to the next thing and so but i guess this is just you know it's just an old person talking it comes with it comes with age no no no. i think you're right i think and i was told i had some amazing teachers and mentors and real you know major veterans of this business that talked about the arc of a career and that it is the many things that you do and I'm trying to remember where this was. I was talking to somebody and it's like, they say, Oh, well, look what you've done on this. And you wrote this and you created this. And you said, and I'm like, well, that's the only ones you know about, but there were all the things that didn't happen or the things that didn't pan out or took five years to develop and then didn't come to see the the light, you know, you just keep creating and going. Hmm. Exactly. um, Andy, and you've got Andy on here and Andy has done so many different kinds. He's done music videos and he's done documentary and he's done scripted film and he did my show and he's, you can't categorize him. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, he's an enormous talent and I was really lucky to have him do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Piece. 
Well, well, Andy, to that point, um, so as a director, tell us your journey. Like, did it's filmed something? When I was talking about, we never quite know how our career is going to go. Give us a little bit of your background in terms of your how you came into the industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Minnesota at a time when there was a lot of film happening there. So as a teenager, I I interned on like Kevin Smith's Mallrats and mm. the third Mighty Ducks film. And I worked in another film for New Line, you know, in between my sophomore, junior year of college. So I had access to a lot of that. And I knew from a very young age that that's what I wanted to do. So um, I feel very fortunate that I, I had my, you know, sights set on this from the beginning and kind of never, never wavered. And mm-hmm. like Sam said, I just have always been interested in myriad things. I, I don't, I don't feel like I can be pigeonholed into one style. Or one category, or one style. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what we were saying earlier. Like Sam, you know, you, I, I have to ask you a question cause you've had this, we all know the amazing Bruce Newberg, the casting director and the producer. <laughs> and Mike, I, I, you know, here you were, it's like at, in the eighty three or whatever, and then you create your own sitcom, your own comedy, down right. to earth. How did that? I mean, how did that happen at that particular point in your career? I've I've always wanted to ask you that question because it's like, it's such. I'm not such, sure. You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it happened. Is that I was so full of chutzpah and moxie and confidence that it never occurred to me that something couldn't happen. Uh-huh. And when we're in this business for a long time, you know the rules. Oh, you can't do it this way. You have to go through that way. You have to do this. And when you're young and spirited, you just there's, there are no rules. Mm-mm. And even the ones that you break are forgiven because you're young and stupid. So right. I just, you know, we just convinced everyone in our path with Bruce and I with that show that we were qualified to create and write a sitcom in which millions and millions millions of dollars were at stake. And it ran for four years. And the funny part is, because we did we actually sold it before Star Search happened. This was all very right. much at once. And then I did Star Search and then, you know, I was making records and I was touring and all that. And the show went on and I only wrote the first season. And it was like, oh, oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I did that. Where's my, where's my residual check? And right. it, it meant nothing. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't important no, I to me. Get I'm it. saying I it, get it. Yeah. it didn't feel like an accomplishment. It was like, okay, oh, okay, done done that. Now, what am I going to, you know? And so I think that's part of just being, you know, ignorance is bliss and youth is, is it? youth is. Well, and now, I, that, you've been in, now that you've been in the Go business, you meet, you meet these writers and showrunners and producers that like, you know, work for years and, and like kill themselves just trying to sell a show. Right. So it is true. Oh, There's God, something yeah. about begin, beginner's luck, you know. Um, well, and yeah, not, but it's, it, I mean, and I'm not going to say I wasn't talented. It's not like I just, I mean, we were smart and we were funny and we were driven. And, um, but like Andy and I have a project that's a television project that has been through four incarnations mm-hmm. and it's still very much alive. And then COVID kind of kicked it in the ass. And then we came back in a different way. But we have this other project that's very, very different from this this show or anything else that we've done or you've seen. But it does, it takes years and you always hear about that, right? You always right. hear when something is successful, oh, well that would took nine years 
to get developed. And that can be right. like from Martin Scorsese, you know, like why, why, yeah. what's the point of being Martin Scorsese if you have to wait nine years? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's that's true. Yeah. And that's true for Broadway in particular, for shows that just go develop for on and on and on. And then all of a sudden people think it just, you know, rolled out yesterday rolled out yeah overnight <laughs> exactly yeah and, i mean you've done a whole your whole slew of broadway starting in 1990 so um basically i mean you're up until covid were you performing a lot live were you still doing a lot of performances and i'm sure that's all that was all affected by covid yeah i haven't been touring as much as i used to because i have a, a, a son who's 12 almost 13 yeah I can't um, believe when he came 13. when he came in. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I I made the choice not to uh, not to be away for long, long periods of sure. time. So that was a switch. Um, I got. I should have to I have to tell you guys this. I have a new book out. You know, well, the first there was Ham Slices of a Life, in which the show is based. But I have a new a notebook that's literary fiction called The Substance of All Things, and. I, I'm so proud of this. It's my best work ever. And it uh, it came out a few months ago. So that's something that I've been doing over the last, again, four years to write. This right. Book. Um, so I, I keep busy. I certainly I was performing, uh, developing different things. But COVID definitely kind of, you know, it kicked yeah. us all in the butt and people are having to reinvent. Meanwhile, there are many silver linings. And the mm. fact that this movie of this show and this book that I mentioned are out right now during this crisis when people are isolated and people need to be in touch with humanity and the human condition. And I think that some of us need escapism. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, and, and I think that the, you know, the show ham, it gives you that it's funny, it's entertaining. But I also think that we need to really see inside of our uh, of our emotional and our emotional well-being. And the show covers that gamut. You know, as you guys saw, it's funny, it's silly, it's crazy, mm -hmm. it's self-deprecating. Yes. And then there are moments in this that are quite about the struggle and mm -hmm. tragic. And then ultimately, yeah. it's it's inspiring. Um, Very much. And while it's about my specific circumstances, um, it's it's a universal message. It's it's for every. I think whether you're gay or straight or whatever, I think you can. I think people can find themselves in this. <clears throat> oh, ab absolutely. I mean, I think and, I think a lot of people don't realize how funny you actually are. Um, I, I think, I mean, I guess some people do, but I mean, I think you're really good, great at comedy and that comes out yeah. in this, but with the poignancy of the dramatic stuff as well. Go ahead, Ralph. Oh, thank you, Jasper. Okay, Sam, two things. One thing you just said, whether you're gay or straight. Okay, well, there are a lot more categories than that, Sam. Okay. Isn't that the right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's number one. Num number two, I wanted to ask, how did you come up with the title, Ham, a musical memoir? Well, the book was called Ham, and the book was called Ham because there was a chapter in the book that we decided to make. There's a chapter called Ham, and we decided to call the book that. So the book was called Ham, Slices of a Life, and then when the show became, 
then it became Ham, a musical memoir. Now, and of course, we know that the word ham is mm. not necessarily a pork reference. <laughs> it is it is about, you know, being a ham. I mean, I started singing and dancing and telling stories when I was like three, you know, right. I would like get on the dining room table and do a show. And you're, you're like was, the white Eddie Murphy. I am like the what? You know what? If I had a nickel, um, <laughs> <laughs> or or the male Kristen Chenoweth. Speaking of Oklahoma, well, Kristen only lived, I, you know, about twenty miles from my house <laughs> in well, Oklahoma. Well, Sam, the reason why I asked about the title is because. Ever since I, whenever I look at Ham, a musical memoir, it's like, it's so funny. Your name is Sam Harris. So you took the H out of Harris and put it where the S was in Sam. Oh. <laughs> which, happens to, which happens to be you, which is a big ham. And, we, and that's why I love the title of the book, Sam, a ham, Slices of Life. That was brilliant. So. I, so when I knew I was going to get to meet you, I was always wondering if you had, if, if Ham was just inverting letters because you, Sam Harris, you know, Ham Saris, you know what I'm Dyslex- saying. Dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's, it's, we are, uh, you were talking about all the different, you know, orientations. Yeah. Well, we are also trying to include the dyslexic. And so that's <laughs> Thank exactly you, yes. what it was for. Uh, Ralph, because when we did the show, I thought we need to bring in the dyslexics. So let's do Sam and really fuck them up. Yeah, I mean the, Tom, the, Tom Cruise can't be the only dyslexic. Listen, we need right. to bring the dyslexic Eskimos into this show, and that's what we've done. Okay, so Sam, Andy, thank you for that. I yeah, I appreciate. Well, it. speaking of guys, we actually talked about this in the beginning of the show, and I, you know, listen, we are of a certain age and we, you know, the LGBTQ, you know, all the letters of the alphabet. So now they've added recently some new letters and the number two and the S and any thoughts on that? Uh, Andy, you talk, cause you know, I'm just going to do something terrible. Andy, Andy, (laughs) save us here, save us here and take, take that one for us. Well, I'll say this. So I I had an opportunity um, to work with a group of senior veterans at the LGBT Center um, a little over a year ago, making a short documentary about their experiences in uh, the military service. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation, you know, they're of a certain age as well. And we talked a lot about the just even the Q in LGBTQ and how for people over a certain age have a conversation of uh, being a pejorative and you know, being called yep. a queer on the playground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because I feel like a lot of younger generations, I, I'm sort of maybe on the, on the bridge of that, um, have, have taken the cue and reclaimed it and mm-hmm. worn it as a badge of honor and used it as another uh, way of describing one's identity. So I'm of the mindset that whatever... Uh, however you identify, whatever your pronouns, whatever is your truth, um, it, it's up to the rest of us to honor that and and uh, support you in however it is that you identify and, and walk Amen. into this world. So, Amen. Amen. I, I, I love it. I agree with you, Andy. You're so much better a person than I because <laughs> I I can't keep up. I just – I can't. I can't keep up because I love and accept anybody for who 
whatever they see themselves at, as. But it's confusing because you, know, you guys were talking about having a certain age. And like, for instance, I had this intern that was, you know, non-binary and used they, them, those. And uh-huh. I didn't know what to do. And I was also afraid that I would have to pay them twice. So <laughs> I... <laughs> It's too. It's confusing for me. That is um, hilarious. Oh my God, Sam, that is hilarious. And you know what, Andy? When when Jasper introduced the question to you, I was thinking, Wow, LGBTQIA2S plus. It sounds like we need to make your password a little bit more secure. So <laughs> you are going to need to add a, a character and a number, girl. Yeah, okay. a, capital, a capital letter it's in there thing, somewhere. It's that thing when you're doing a new password that they put on and you say, don't use. Don't use. <laughs> I don't <get> it. <laughs> But, I mean, I think to Andy's point, it's true. I mean, in all honesty, it's like, we're so blessed. The the younger generation, you know, really got, they're getting one thing right in particular is the non-judgmental, the, the, yeah. the, the acceptance that young people of all, all the social issues. And I mean, let's be honest, if it weren't for so many young people, in addition to us older people, we wouldn't have gay marriage and, you know, some of the marriage equality that we have. I think that's more hey, of the okay, older people. May I interrupt you? May I interrupt yeah. you? I yeah. don't think has having gay marriage or equal rights has anything to do with the young people right now. Not the very young. I think it's very, very oh. important. And Andy will agree with me that it is vital that the young, and I'm talking about the young generation of, of us, recognize that this didn't always happen. I mean, this is part of what my show is about. When I was born, it was literally a crime to be homosexual. It was not even fathomable to have the life that I have now. In my specific generation, I have come from that. I grew up in the Bible Belt in the 70s Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, in puberty. And now I'm married and I have a child. That is a miraculous thing. But there were a lot of people that fought and and died and and marched for those rights. And for those rights. And so it is imperative among the young generation of these kids to recognize, yeah, you may deserve it, but we fought for it. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. And that's why I said before you guys came on, Cooper, we're so lucky to have you and Danny and also, Sam, in one of your interviews, you were saying how, like, during Star Search days, don't ask Sam about his personal life, which was code for he's gay. And right. you had to go through all of that, <clears throat> hearing those whispers of the F word to yeah. you, oh, which God, is a horrendous, yeah. thing, ho- horrendous thing to hear. And, and the dichotomy that you were living, being this fucking superstar, having to shut down everything. How the fuck are you going to sing like Mahalia Jackson and then have to go into your dressing room and, and hide, you know? Except, you know what? Do you know what, my friend? The reason I sang like that is because I had to go and hide. Mm-hmm. Mm. They are the yeah. same thing. And I think that at this point in my life, I can recognize that I cannot wish away any of that, whatever that pain was, had I died, which was a possibility, I tampered suicide when I was 16. You'll see that in the, in the show, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I don't know when I look back and I think of what I went through, the pain that I went through, my brothers and sisters went through. And, but would I have sung like that? Would I have needed to express myself? Would I needed to have escaped? Would Andy mm-hmm. had to find a cinematic view of the world to mm-hmm. lead to be one step away from where he was in his, in his real life? Art always comes from oppression. Whatever mm-hmm. minority you are, whether it's race, whether it's orientation, whether it's religion, whatever it is. If you are of an oppressed minority, let's look around, kids. That's where art comes from. That's where beauty comes from. That's where compassion and truth come from. Because if you don't have something to say, out of, even that's where comedy comes from. If you right. don't have something to say that is not born of pain and a need to survive, there ain't nothing there. Mm. That's right. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And, that, and that's why we're so happy this new political situation we're in. You know, we're back to some sort of, you know, normality in quotation marks going forward. But what I was what I was going to finish saying about that when I said about the younger people, what I meant was the younger generation of who have straight parents and the yeah. oppressed the oppressed straight people who were able to listen to their younger, more hip, more in tuned children that were saying, you guys should uh-huh. support gay marriage. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I agree. Like I say it's so important that the, cause we all live through the AIDS crisis, you know, we're, we're lucky to be here on so many levels. So, um, Oh my yeah. God, we, we could talk to you guys for three hours. I, there's never enough time in in the world. So, I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show. Um, congrats on this wonderful, wonderful film. Again, Sam, tell everyone where they can get it and use the code. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You- it's well, it's called Ham, a musical memoir, and you can find it now on the streaming channel Broadway HD, as in high Perfect. definition. Broadway HD, and the code is Ham FM. Ham FM, and you'll get all this free time, and you can see my show and a lot of others, and uh, we love them. They're really extraordinary, so we're we're grateful to be there. And Excellent. Sam's at Sam's at, at Sam Harris on Twitter and Instagram is Sam Harris Music, right? Yeah, I think so. And Andy, okay. are you are you on? <laughs> Sam's like I don't know. Andy, do you <laughs> want anyone to to stalk you and follow you on social media? <laughs> all of all of mine honestly are are private. So okay, uh, good. See, you can you you're can not you a, can go to my website. You're not a ham like we are. <laughs> but you could go to my website, which is ninjagoldfish.com, if you want to see other stuff. Ninja Goldfish, but can I tell you, they're so private. And Andy and I are close. We're good friends, and <laughs> we've done projects together. I don't even have his information. Okay, no one does. <laughs> I love it. Okay. okay, but Andy, seriously, in closing. How the fuck do you pronounce your last name? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Puchegel. I say Finagel, a bagel, or Puchegel. Puchegel. Like a bagel. Puchegel. Got it. Okay, Puchegel. Andy Puchegel. No, once <clears throat> once I know it, because I like names, sounds, and languages, once I know it, then I can, you know, I, I can adhere to it. But I really wanted it from you, Puchegel. So thank you for yeah. that. You were well, I, I even I even Googled it and tried to get the phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> then I just sounded then I just sounded like a, a dumbass. Here's the way yeah. I feel about that. If he did not have the foresight <laughs> to change it, 
then he can't complain about how anybody pronounces it. <laughs> I love it, Sam. I Fuck love him. that. That is Fuck hilarious. If you were going to be that fucking selfish to have a yeah. name that nobody can fucking pronounce, Andy, then you deal with it, okay? <laughs> talk about, oh my God. Talk about so drawing attention. Thank you for having us. Oh, listen. Thank like, you, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. We we can't yeah, wait to you. talk to you guys again. Keep all keep the great uh, work. And thanks to uh, Clint Morris, the amazing publicist yes. also. Yes. Yeah, Thank you great. guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was great, Ralph. Oh, God. That shit was so much fun. Listen, Jasper, we say this every week. It sounds redundant. Um, and formulaic, and I don't mean it that way. We have so much fucking fun on these shows, seriously, because, and we speak the truth. And and Sam Harris can say, "Um, I need to interrupt you. Wait a second. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a very nice overlap. You know, it was very- Oh, I love it. Listen, everyone's got to go and and get this movie, because whether you're, uh, you know, into show business or not, it's, uh, all I can say in closing is to watch- when he was talking about needing to perform as you know, the pain and whatever mm-hmm. he is what you call a true artist and the passion that comes out of him. Um, I mean, to be given that, that instrument is, it must be overwhelming. And what I wanted to, you know, applaud him for is the, the hyphenates. I mean, to create a sitcom, to find out that he had created, created and sold that before he ever got, Star search. Star search. You know, there, for some people, that would have been a journey right there. They would have continued on the mm-hmm. writing, producing thing. Because the sitcom had a Kyle Richards. It had Dick Sargent from Bewitched, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just shows you his trajectory. He was on a path that was going to go in the musical direction. And then he went off and did the film and all that stuff. So I'm just so honored that they came on the show. It was so great to have Elizabeth. Blake Thomas on the show. And most importantly, Ralph, it's such an honor to keep doing this show with you. You are such a beautiful soul and a, and a light to the world. And I know that you're going to get back to work this year. I know that we're going to get our vaccines. And uh, as they say, sing out, Louise, get ready. Cause <laughs> Ralph Cole Jr. will be back on the set soon and on oh, your TV screen you so much, very Jeff. soon. Oh, you're so wonderful. I, <clears throat> The same all to you. I very much appreciate it. Well, we will be here next week. As I said, we'll be all about We're the glad. film Never and all Again. Never and Again, yeah. We'll be promoting that all week. And so, everyone, until next Thursday, stay safe, uh, wear your mask, social distance, support your lo- local restaurants, get your t- t- uh, takeout orders, and uh, be kind to each other. Thank you so much, Ralph. We'll see you next Thank week. Thank you, Jasper. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.